0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk it 's so good to connect with you um, for week two of our series dangerous prayers and we're basing uh, our teaching series on this book by Craig Grishel called dangerous prayers from life church and and this church are so generous they 've given all the content uh, around to churches around the world so we're using the content uh, from these guys but adding some of our own stuff to it as well and as well as the book which you can get a hold of from wherever books are sold you could, there is also on the you version which is on uh, a a daily kind of Bible reading app that you can get on your phone. There is a a, a Bible reading plan called Dangerous Prayers. Would love you to check that out. Why dangerous prayers? Because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. And I don't know about you, but we pray safe prayers, don't we? Bless me, feed me, keep me, You know my family. But actually, I think God wants to invite you, whether you are a Christian or not, to pray some dangerous prayers prayers. And last week we looked at that first dangerous prayer, which was Search Me. It was an invitation to God to search us and what's going on on the inside, to test us and know our anxious thoughts. And we looked at that and looked at what maybe be the, the stuff that we keep secret and hidden. But you know, this week, I think this is maybe the most dangerous prayer of all. In fact, some of you won't even speak it out loud, let alone pray it. And it's this prayer, Break Me. I mean, who asks for brokenness, right? And yet many years ago, I heard a quote, and it's anonymous, so I don't know who said it. And they said this, you cannot grow as a Christian until you learn to ask for brokenness. But if you're not yet a Christian, I actually think this is a human issue as well. But you know, there are two groups of people that I want to address today. And the first group are those of you that feel that your life is broken right now. And I don't mean that you've broken the roof or the light or the TV. I mean brokenness on the inside. Maybe maybe the loss of a relationship, maybe the loss of a job, maybe a health issue, or maybe this whole COVID-19 thing and, and yet again the uncertainty and the restrictions and maybe just the feeling of all that is causing you to feel broken. And when I talk about living with passion, some of you are saying, but that's a joke, right? Because I can't even step one foot in front of the next, let alone live with passion. But here's the bottom line that I want you to go away with as you watch this wherever and whenever you watch it. We don't realise what blessings there are on the other side of brokenness. We don't realise what blessings there are on the other side of brokenness, even the brokenness that happens to us. So some of you are in that group. But there's others of you and you're not feeling particularly broken right now. But I want to say to you, maybe God wants you to pray that break me prayer. Because when you pray that break me prayer, when you allow God to break you for what breaks his heart, not only does your life change, but maybe others' lives get to change also. And... um, you know, I remember 20 years ago um, uh, going to a conference in this, in America, and uh, I was not the leader of this church. I was on the team, and it's fair to say that 20 years ago, during this season, with we, there were some difficulties for us as a church. There were some difficulties leadership-wise, um, and then we, our youngest son Simeon, would recently been diagnosed with special needs and disability, and we were trying as a young uh, family to try and get to grips with that. It was very challenging. And then one of my friends, one of the other leaders, a guy called Neil, died of cancer in his early 40s. And I remember going to this conference, the other side of the world, and I was feeling broken, broken through conflict, broken through our own pain, broken through the loss of a friend, so tragically and so young. And I remember sitting in a church, in fact, I could take you to the very seat that I sat in, where in my brokenness, I prayed the break me prayer. And I said to God, God, would you break me for what breaks your heart? And God gave me a vision right then 20 years ago of, I think, one of the things that's on his heart, which connects to my heart, which is for a church to actually be a church that is so passionate about people that don't do church that we would change and adapt anything and everything in order to reach people who don't yet know God. And 20 years later, as a church, I think this last 20 years, we've been living with that kind of passion. But it all started with the Break Me prayer. We don't realise what blessings are on the other side of brokenness. But what I want to do today is I want to rattle through this, okay? And I want to tell you four stories today. I'm going to tell you two stories from the life of Jesus. One story from the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible. And then a story from some people in our own church. And then I'm going to invite you, whoever you are, to pray the Break Me prayer today. So let's go into the life of Jesus. The first one I've called the woman. Okay, the woman's story, because we don't know her name. Mark chapter 14, verse three, and it says this, while he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper. Now in the Bible, now we now, modern day, we would say someone affected by leprosy, but that's not how they said it in this day home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. I remember reading this first off and thinking that it said lard. It's not lard, it's nard, okay? And then it says, she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. So there was a rabbi, there was a leper, and there was a prostitute. And they walked into a bar. Now they didn't. That's how it wants to sound though, isn't it? Like these, these three characters. It's a good job there's not seven of them, because under the current restrictions, they wouldn't have been able to go anywhere. And I don't know whether you are make getting your head around all these restrictions. It has made me think, what on S Club seven going to do now? It's a very big issue. What about the seven dwarfs? One of them can't be. And I tell you what, whoever it is, it won't be happy. Thank you very much. I've got four people in the room that laughed at that joke. None of you at home laughed. I can just feel it through the camera. But there's these three people, there's a rabbi, Jesus, There's a leper called Simon and then there's this woman who actually was a prostitute. And what you see in this incredible story is that he or she meets Jesus and this man treats her so differently than any other man has ever treated her. And so in in an act of unimaginable extravagance, she takes the jar of perfume that's sealed and she breaks it and she pours it out. Now here's the phrase I want you to think about, broken and poured out broken and poured out. That's exactly what happens. She's broken, she breaks and she pours out over the feet of Jesus. So that phrase, broken and poured out, I want you to hold on to that, okay? Because it's so important. Here's the second story and I've called this the meal. This is just a few verses later in the same chapter of Mark 14. Jesus and his buddies are together for their last meal. What's gonna happen the next day is they're gonna go into the garden and and he's gonna get arrested and the crucifixion. And here's what it says. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. Remember, broken and poured out. And Jesus breaks the bread and pours out the wine. Breaks the bread and pours out the wine. Now in Luke's version of the same story, it says this in Luke chapter 22, verse 19. It won't come up. It says this, that Jesus then said, do this in remembrance of me. Here's my question. What is he talking about? When he says, do this in remembrance of me, what's the this that he's talking about? Maybe it's communion and we know that, and those of you who are Christians, you know that, that when Jesus said do this in remembrance of me, what we've done for the last 2000 years is that we've had this kind of ritual when we gather together in homes or in churches where we break bread, eat it and drink some juice, sometimes wine or juice, because Jesus said do this in remembrance of me. And I think that's accurate and I think that's great, but I think Jesus might have meant more than just that. What about if he meant more than that? What if this means more than just that? What if this means more than just that? So then when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, what if this means more than just that? What if it's not just communion? What if Jesus is saying, I want you to live broken and poured out lives like I live. And as I break the bread and as we pour out the wine. That speaks of the body of Jesus. What if this is how I want you guys to live? Not just to do as a ritual when you come together, but to live your lives with passion, broken and poured out. The woman breaks that jar and she pours it out over Jesus. And then Jesus breaks the bread and pours out the wine. And then he says to his disciples, his followers, I want you to live broken and poured out kind of lives. and you know, When we live these kind of lives, let me tell you what happens. We go to a new level of depth. I think 20 years ago when I sat in that seat in America and God gave me that, that vision for this kind of church over the last 20 years, we've had times of tragedy and we've had times of triumph, but I think as a church we've gone to a new level of depth. We also go to a new level of connection with other people. You know guys, here's the truth. If you want to connect with other human beings, we go to this new level of connection when we go when we allow that break me prayer to happen. Craig Creshell in this book, he says this, we impress people with our strengths, but we connect through our weaknesses. We impress with our strengths, but we will connect with other human beings through our weaknesses. Listen, if you have it all together, if there's no brokenness in you, you probably won't do very well in our church. Because all of us here are broken. And actually, out of our brokenness, we find our deepest sense of connection. Henry Cloud is a uh, psychologist, uh, Christian psychologist from America. And he's an amazing author. and He, he talks uh, many years ago about tear ducts in your eyes. And he asks this question, why is it that God designed us in such a way that when we cry, the tears come from our eyes? And then he says this, he says, I mean, it could have been anywhere, couldn't it? I mean, you could cry and the tears could come out your ears or out your belly button or I'll stop right there before I get into trouble. But basically it says, maybe God put tear ducts in our eyes so that when we cry, we look each other straight in the eye connection. You don't realise in your brokenness right now that there is blessing on the other side of that. We've been encouraging people to send stories into us. In fact, uh, on our website, you can, or, or you can email stories at lifecentralchurch.org.uk. And some of the stories of God at work have been absolutely inspiration. I wanna read one to you. It says this, you talked about at times that God needs to break things before He can fix things. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. I've always made sure that people saw me as the strong one, the one that supported others and remained calm in a crisis dependable, reliable, level-headed. On the outside, this was right, but on occasions inside, I was falling apart. But when I couldn't cope, I bottled it up and I carried on smiling. The last six months have been really hard on a number of levels. And this came to a head last week with a work-related issue, which in isolation would have been manageable. But coming from not a great place, the issue seemed insurmountable. I prayed for help, but felt nothing happened. If anything, the pressure built up until I could no longer keep smiling. I broke down in my wife's arms. No longer the strong one who did the supporting, the comforting. But with that breakdown came a real sense of peace and lifting of a weight off my shoulders. I didn't see it at the time, but looking back, I now know that God had to break down the facade I'd always projected to help me. People have now come around me and stood with me as I knew they would. And whilst it's still strange to feel like the weaker one, in this I know peace in the situation. When I prayed, I expected peace. But God knew that for me to have that, I needed to open up to others. And then he could help me through them as well as directly through himself. Guys, I don't know whether there's somebody and you're watching or right now or you're listening. And you feel like that that you just feel that you want to break but you can't. Listen, we don't realise what blessings there are on the other side of brokenness. We also go to a new level of experience in life. This photograph that's coming up now is a photograph of a really good friend of mine called Ilona. And some of you will know she's been here and spoke at the church 10 years ago. Her husband, who was a pastor, was murdered outside his church in Albania. His family had been caught up in the blood feud. And so she's left as a widow with two small kids. I've been very many, lots of times to their home uh, and to the church. And I've sat with families of people in the blood feud who are still being killed left, right and centre. Here's the thing. A few weeks ago, she gets a knock on the door saying that Mark, who's the guy who was a 21-year-old guy who killed her husband 10 years ago, they're going to release him early. And the policewoman said to Ilona, how do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? Is the feud over if we release him early? She said, I felt all these feelings of emotions coming up. And I said to her, how would you feel like that? You know, If your husband had been killed and you're now being asked to release him early, and all of a sudden, even though she'd forgiven him, all these feelings were coming up. Gabriel, their 19-year-old son, said, Mom, let him go. Let him live his life. We've already forgiven him. And you see, here's the thing. In her brokenness 10 years ago, Ilona prayed the break me prayer. She said, even though I'm broken, as Tani lies in the ground, even though I'm broken, will you break me for what breaks your heart? And I always want to live out forgiveness because of the forgiveness I've received from you. And here's the thing, you can pray the break me prayer, but you need to continue to pray it so that your heart stays soft for what breaks the heart of God. We go to a new level of experience. We don't realise the blessings that there are on the other side of brokenness. Now I want to tell you a story of a character in the Old Testament, his name was Nehemiah and he was a Jew, and he'd been taken from Jerusalem into Babylon as captive, and he became cupbearer to the king. And so he was kind of, you know, a very important man, like a minister, if you like, okay? Uh, minister of cops. I don't know what he was. Maybe a badger minister. If those of you that were in the, in the pre service hangout knew what on earth Laura was talking about there, you'd have to check it out later. But anyway, um, Nehemiah is in uh, this court, and all of a sudden, one day, there's some guys from his home city that come to the court, and he hears his own language. And so he does something, and this is really important. He goes and he asks the question how is it going in Jerusalem? Here's the thing, if you want to pray the Break Me prayer, it starts when you ask the question, what's going on? You ever done that thing where you've said, I don't really want to ask them how they are because they're going to tell me. You ever done that? When you've said like, how are you? No, don't really want to know. That's often how we live our lives. We're so focused on ourselves, We're so safe sometimes. We're so comfortable that we walk around with our fingers in our ears. We don't want to find out what's really going on. And yet what Nehemiah did is he says to these guys, tell me what's going on in Jerusalem. And then when he hears what's happening, he hears about the city and the walls are broken down and the gates are burned with fire, which means two things. It means number one, the people in the city are vulnerable to attack. And number two, the name of God is in disgrace because this is God's city. And the Bible says when he hears this, he is so broken. And it says this in Nehemiah 1 verse 4, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You see, what had happened is that his heart had been broken for what breaks the heart of God. What breaks your heart, guys? When you hear something or when you see something, what breaks your heart? Is it my iPhone has died? or there's no Wi-Fi, or I've put on a few pounds in lockdown, or is it something a little bit more important than that? Living with passion means we're living with a heart that is always open and willing to be broken for what breaks the heart of God. In 1947, a guy called Bob Pierce, very successful businessman. He's on a business trip to China. He sees such incredible poverty that it breaks his heart and it wrecks him. Just like Nehemiah, you know, when I heard this, I sat down and wept and I mourned and fasted. But then Nehemiah didn't just do that. Nehemiah got up and did something about it. And in 1947, Bob Pierce, as he sees the poverty in the communities in China, goes back to the States and sets up an organisation called World Vision. 70 years later, World Vision has fed millions of children and lifted them out of poverty. And he said this amazing thing. He said this, let my heart always be broken for the things that break God's heart. Guys, if you're in Life Central Church and you're part of us, that's got to be one of our mantras as we head through this season, isn't it? Listen, I want people back in the room more than anybody, okay? I would love things to get back to normal, whatever that looks like. But that's not going to happen. It's not going to get back to normal. But we're going to go forward to a new kind of normal. And at the heart of all that, we can pray safe prayers. Help me, bless me, protect me. Or we can pray some dangerous prayers. God, search me so that I'm living with integrity. God, break me so that I'm living with passion. Let my heart always be broken for what. Breaks your heart. So, what breaks your heart, guys? Just just as we come in to land, maybe it is the plight of the poor. Many of you, like me, I, I've sat in, ah, oh, <laughs> I've sat in huts in Asia, in India, in in Africa. I've I've sat with people in in colonies of people affected by leprosy, and and, and it's been the poor that's often broke my heart and wrecked me. Remember the first time I was in one of those experiences and it was in a November. And so I came back into the Christmas rush, you know, and going to Merry Hill, our local shopping centre and seeing all of this stuff and just wanting to walk out and not be there. Why? Because my heart had been broken. But on my sixth and seventh and eighth trip, not so much. Because what happens is that we allow God to break our heart, but then it goes self-centred again. And then we just, oh yeah, well, oh, that's the poor. But you know, living with that, maybe it's the plight of the poor. Maybe it's the situation for young people in our towns and in our cities. I'm so grateful to God for Faith Trust that is the youth charity that we started here 20 years ago. You know, all the way through lockdown when many other providers had shut down because they said, oh, we can't do anything. Our guys stayed open and connected with some of the most vulnerable young people across our borough, helping them to find hope and help in an incredibly difficult time. And they do that because their heart is always continually broken for what breaks the heart of God. Maybe it's young people. Maybe it's, it's when there's yet another person victimised because of the colour of their skin. Maybe that breaks your heart. Or maybe it's, it's, it's the whole rise in mental health that's affecting our, our country and our, and our humanity right now. Or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's, it's the plight of older folks who, who very rarely get a visit or don't see anybody from one week the next. Or maybe it's climate change and what we've done with this incredible planet that we've been gifted to by God. Or maybe like for me, it's when churches turn inwards and grow old and become irrelevant and forget the mission that they're on. What is it that breaks your heart? Because if it breaks the heart of God, it should break our heart also. When Nehemiah prayed the Break Me Prayer, The Bible says, he sat down, he wept, he mourned, and he fasted, but then he got up. And in chapter two, it says, he went into the king's presence and his face was sad. Now, you don't know this if you don't know about history, but if you walk into the king's presence with a sad face, you are likely to lose your head. But you know, when you pray the break me prayer, I tell you what, it's what's on the heart of the king rather than on the king here, that's most important. And he goes in and he risks his own life. And, it, and the king says, what's going on? And he tells him and he says, hey, I want you to send me back. I want you to release me because I've got to go and do something about this. I can't just let my heart be broken. I've got to now get my hands involved also. And he heads back to Jerusalem and he lives with passion. And a city is rebuilt and restored. And it started When somebody prayed the break me prayer, we don't realise what blessings there are on the other side of brokenness. Guys, in a moment, I'm going to invite you, whoever you are, whether you say that you're a follower of Jesus or not, whether you've been a Christian for years or you're not so sure, wherever you're watching this from and whenever you're watching it, I'm going to invite you to pray the break me prayer in a moment. But before I do that, I want to kind of show you another video piece now. And this is from a a bunch of people in our church. And we could have found loads of more people to talk about this issue. Because many years ago, God said something to us as a community and to individuals about the need of children who need great homes. And so we have loads of kids who are adopted or who are fostered. And as you listen to some of these guys' stories, you know, you need to know this. This isn't just about, oh, now I want a family. This is about, I want to create something as a safe space for those who are, are our most broken and vulnerable, Who because that, that breaks the heart of God. And if it breaks the heart of God, it's got to break my heart too. One of the families that you're going to watch here, you know they've had a hundred children come through their home over the years. This blows my mind. And as a church community, we want to be a church where the most broken and the most vulnerable are, 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 are welcome because do you know what? They add such a lot to us and we are so grateful for them. Many of the people that you're about to watch now, this journey for them started when they prayed something like a break me prayer. Take a look. We're the Plimmers and we've been fostering for five and a half years and we currently have children 11 and 12 in placement. Hi, uh, my name is Dinesh and this is my wife Rita. We've been married for 42 years. We always wanted to foster uh, children uh, when we first, even when we first got married because we wanted to help other children who had difficulties because we ourselves had faced difficulties in our lives. We're adoptive parents because there's a... There was a dream in us to be parents and uh, when that didn't happen in the more traditional way that was hard but that old dream wouldn't go away and the more we prayed about it and stuck it out out came adoption and it's something that I'd forgotten I used to talk about a very long time ago when as a teenager and now we're living it out and it's beautiful when it feels like we're doing the will of God. Um, Our journey started about seven years ago when we were searching for God's purpose for us. This led to some dangerous prayers and he planted fostering on our hearts. We resisted to start with, waiting for the perfect time, and then we had the series Follow, a church which basically told us, follow now, Uh, there is no perfect time. So that was when we started the assessment process. There's been several things over the years that inspired us towards adoption, but at the time we had no idea that that's where it was going. When we bought our house, I remember that we prayed that God would really use it. And when we bought our dining table, we prayed that there'd always be people around it and that God would bless them. What keeps us going when times are tough? It's gotta be friendship with God where we can take things to Him and also friendship with other people so that we know that we're not carrying this by ourselves. We always hold on to the song, um, Jesus at the centre, when times are tough, and especially the line, it's all about you, uh, because by his grace, we are blessed enough to be able to invest in these families. We work together in fostering, because it's really hard to do this on your own. Because God is within us, and were he, he, his hands and his feet, um, we just do extraordinary things because of God, not because of us. The thing I think about when times get tough in the decisions that we've made or the life that we're living, is I remember the promises that we uh, have, have uh, spoken over us and the the plans which god has given us and our hope is obviously moving forward that when we've had the children and we've invested in them and we've come to love them that they just go on to better things that they go to you know a real loving family whether that be returning back to the family they came from or for adoption so that's our hope that what we've the time we've spent and the love we've shown them and what god has shown within them will just carry forward as as they go on to their new adventure in our child and how he's growing up and what we're investing in, I know that it's bigger than myself. I just love that so much. And what Nick said at the end there, you know, when you pray that break me prayer, then you end up connecting your life to God's heart and God and your story to his story. And that's always, always much bigger. I'm much more worthy. And so guys, I want to invite you now maybe to pray. Are you willing to pray the break me prayer? Maybe some of you are saying, yeah, but I'm already broken. Like my friend Elona 10 years ago, you know, with a husband killed, she was broken. But in her brokenness, she said, but God, I still want to pray the break me prayer because I don't want my heart to go cold or hard. I still want my heart to be broken by what breaks your heart. So even if you feel broken right now, I want to invite you to pray the Break Me Prayer with me. But maybe there's some of you and you're shuffling around on your seat right now thinking, oh, when's this going to finish? And oh, is the dinner on? And and when are we going to go out? Listen, that's all great. But maybe just for a moment, you could just pause and say, God, I want my life to count. And I want my life just to be a life that's all about me and my family. I want my life to be bigger than that. Then you can pray the Break Me Prayer. So where you are right now, why don't you just, and this is gonna feel a bit weird depending on where you are, but maybe just open your hands a little bit, okay? Just just open, even subtly, all right? Or even just on the inside, just open up your heart right now. Let me pray for you. And as I pray for you, why don't you just say to God, God, break me. God, break me for what breaks your heart. And as I'm speaking, I feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Some of you, you prayed this prayer a long time ago. Prayed it a long time ago. And now you realise it's been a long time since you felt that. It's been a long time. You prayed it a long time ago, but life has taken over. Brokenness has taken over. Comfort has taken over. Other things have taken over. And right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to say, hey, do you remember that? You prayed that and I heard you. Where have you been? Right now you say, I'm back. I'm back, God. I wanna pray the break me prayer again. Let's pray. Jesus, I wanna pray for every single person watching or listening to this. Holy Spirit, may they hear your voice, not mine, but your voice right now. Break me, God. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Thank you, God, that your heart was broken over me. God, let my heart be broken over what breaks your heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, while we're singing this final song together, this last last but one song together, hey, if you want prayer, you know, if God has spoken to you right now and you want someone to pray with you or for you, then the links in the chat are going to open up underneath this and whatever platform you watch it on and you can go and access prayer right now. And you know, as we sing this final song, or last but one song, keep saying that, together, um, there's a great line in this song and it literally says this, break my heart for what breaks yours. And when we come to that line in the bridge, I wanna encourage you not just to sing it out, but to pray it out. It's a dangerous prayer. Why should we pray dangerous prayers? Because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. This is Hosanna.